Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, compel us all simply to take you at your word. Touch us with the Holy Spirit, we pray, and do not let us get away from your word without being caught by its promises and powerful joy. We pray this for our sake and for those whom we love. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture lesson is from the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. Listen now for God's word. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Marm as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the Lord to the ground. He said, My Lord. If I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly. Three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, Surely when I return to you in due season... Your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I own? Now that I am old, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, oh, yes, (laughs) you did laugh. This is the word of the Lord. Woody Allen, 
said, if you want to make God laugh, tell God your plans. <laughs> Sometimes when God tells us God's plans, though, we are the ones who are laughing. It's been 24 years since Abraham and Sarah received the promise from God. It's been 24 years since God sketched out for them this amazing vision. And God said, you will go. Go to the land I send you to. Be the people I send you to be. And you will have offspring like the stars in the sky. God set this vision up and gave it to Abraham 24 years ago. God has sketched this vision of faithfulness. Let me pick it up. It's only chapter uh, 15 for us. There's 24 years in between. Listen now. God took him outside and said, look up at the sky. Go ahead, look up at the sky. There you go. Look up at the sky and say, shall I indeed bear a child? God took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. God sketches this remarkable vision. So Abraham and Sarah, they went to Canaan. They did what God asked. They were a faithful people. Now don't think again that they got in their two-seater and went to Canaan. Uh, They travel in like a village. So it's a group. It's his extended family. It's aunts, uncles, it's cousins. it's, It's a group. They have herds. They have servants. He travels in, a, in an entourage. And they go into Cana and they follow God's vision. And they are so excited because they're going to have a child. And so they try. And they do not have a child. And they have those moments that many know of infertility. And they have those times when they don't. And yet they keep trying to be faithful. They keep trying to be who God wants them to be. So they try to conceive And nothing. Can you imagine what their prayer life must be like? They followed God, and the story picks up 11 years later. They followed God. They prayed, and they followed God. And what is it like? 11 years with no children, and then one of them has a terrible idea. The Bible says it's Sarah's idea, but that seems a little... I don't know. It's, it's hard. So this is really bad advice from the Bible. So we always want to say that when we... So Sarah, the Bible tells us, brings her maidservant, her maid, Hagar, a woman, to Abraham and says, maybe you can conceive with her. Now, I'm sure this is, again, don't do this. <laughs> this is a bad idea. And yet, at the same time, they conceive a son named Ishmael, And I don't know what the, I mean, this is a small village. I don't, it's hard. There's no Dr. Phil. (laughs) But I do believe if this would be a time you would be calling Reverend Rogers for counseling. (laughs) Did Sarah still pray? Did Abraham still pray? Yes, they kept praying. And what was it like to live in a place in there in that beautiful desert in Israel, Palestine, West Bank, in that beautiful West Bank, when you go outside and they look up every night before bed, and on a clear night there are thousands and millions of stars? What was the prayer like every night? God sketched this remarkable vision 
and nothing. Was the night sky a curse for Abraham and Sarah? On Thursday night, I went with our college students to DTE Energy Music Theater, also known as Pine Knob for some of us, and we went to be with 15,000 of our closest friends to see a country concert. And we gathered there, and it was an interesting group that we brought from college. There were people in our group that um, I had met when I first got here as our, as our youth leader in 2008, and they were in 7th and 8th grade, and now they're in college. There were people in our group that went, 10 of us, 15 of us who went, who um, I met last year through our Young Life College partnership. And so some of them, some of those beautiful we came together. And then we had some Presbyterians who were raised Presbyterian out in the distant lands of Michigan. And they come to Ann Arbor at a certain time of year, and they come into our church, and hopefully it becomes our church. Anyway, so some of those folks came, and we gathered together. And I had one student tell me as we were climbing a lot of stairs up to the back of the lawn. He said, you know, I never listened to country music. Uh, I like jazz, but I thought, you know, it's a beautiful summer night, and this could be fun, and you people are interesting, and I'm, I'm just kind of glad to be here. It's a beautiful night to be here. So later, this becomes dark, and I am sitting there under a thousand stars, and uh, we went to see Dan and Shay and Darius Rucker, and Darius Rucker used to be in a band, Hootie and the Blowfish, and... There's a song that from his uh, an album a couple times ago that I just want to share with you. I'm not going to sing it. But listen to these lyrics from a, uh, one of his songs. For every stoplight I didn't make, every chance I did or I didn't take, all the nights I went too far, all the girls that broke my heart, all the doors that I had to close, all the things I knew but I didn't know, thank God for all I missed because it led me here to this. Led me here to this. Can you imagine 24 years of unanswered prayer? I teach a class every couple years, I'm probably due, uh, called Vital Prayer. Just two hours, we do it in two weeks, and we talk about prayer. And in that class, we talk about four answers to prayer. First one, very simple, yes. So we pray to God, yes. Not as often as I'd like, but that I hear is an answer. A second answer we get is no. Um, yes, Jim, I heard you, but no. So yes and no. A third answer, you see this in a lot of books, not yet. You know, not yet. And then the fourth answer, which I think is maybe the one I experience more than the other three, is God's response is, let's talk again. Let's talk more. Prayer is a conversation with God. It's a back and forth. If it's an instant yes, I'm probably on to the next thing. If it's an instant no, I'm not happy, but I'm on to the next thing. But let's talk some more. And so God speaks, and I hopefully listen, and I speak, and God definitely listens. And we interact in prayer, and it's 
Sometimes it's absolutely you feel connected and loved, and other times you feel like it's just distantly floating into the ether. But we pray, and we know that we are not alone in prayer. It is this another conversation. It is a time together. It is another great song. It is 15,000 happy people all around you singing a lyric they love, being together. And I know many of them are happy because they drank a lot of beer. And not our group. We did not. And a lot of them were happy because they smoked a lot of something. And it was just, you're just like surrounded by happy people. And there were couples, there was a couple holding hands next to us and kissing and so much more. And you're just like, what a moment. Just this moment of being together, listening and singing for every stoplight I didn't make, every chance I did or I didn't take because it led me here to this. Is it possible we've been led here to this? Now, I'm not sure for us for any of us, what this is. I'm not sure for you if it's something in your life at home or in your life at work or in your family life. I'm not sure what this is. For some of us, it may be this church, maybe this church in this hour, and maybe this church in a lifetime of ours. But what if God actually brought us here? What if there is purpose? What if there is God's presence in our lives? Uh, A few years back, I was in Costa Rica on a high school mission trip, and I was having one of those days, days when I don't think I was even speaking English. And I'm in a Spanish-speaking country, but I don't think I was speaking English because I definitely wasn't speaking teenager. I just was not connecting. I heard lots of conversations, and I was crabby. Have you ever been crabby at a church function? And I just... I just, I'd heard another story of a boy whose heart was broken by a girl, another story of a student whose parents keep saying to them constantly, well, that's okay, you can do better on the next test, a constant story of I don't really want to take my ADHD medicines, but I'm going to because they help me function, another story of, oh, how come this food is so different, another story, and I'm like sleeping on an air mattress, and I'm not loving it, and um, so I got my mission trip T-shirt on. We're doing that picture, and you see them in my room, office, those pictures. So I've got the picture on, which is really just promotional material, and I'm just crabby. So I'm outside, and trying to get 45 to 50 teenagers to sit nicely for a picture takes forever, and I'm just crabby. And so I turned to one of my college leaders, a Michigan State student, who I have known since she was a freshman in high school at my previous church. And I said to her, you know, I think I'm done. I think I'm too old for youth ministry. I'm too old for this, certainly. I, I'm just done. And she turned on me like a pit viper. She got her finger in my face, put her hand on my shoulder, and said to me, button that stuff up. That's a translation. She says, it's a bad day. We all have bad days. It's a bad day. I hope Abraham and Sarah had Rachel 
when they doubted God's promise for those 24 years. I hope they had someone who said, button that stuff up. Because God is here with us. God is moving. God's got a vision, and God is moving us towards it. Now, I am not one of those pastors, and I'm not sure there's any on staff, actually, who believe that God has such a plan for you that this is laid out, that this is laid out, and this is laid out. That's a great theology because it protects us from bad news because we can say, oh, it's God's fault. But I think in our sense, God's guiding us, and there are people who are put in our way or in our blessing to say, you can do this, and you're going to make it, and I'm here for you. And sometimes they're going to say nothing, and they're just going to hold your hand, and they're just going to hug you. There are people here who come to us in those kairos moments, those moments when absolutely anything can change, and they step in the way, and they say, I'll walk with you, I'll talk with you, I'll hold your hand, I'll be with you. You're going to be okay. I'm with you. And we have a choice then. We have a choice to make. Do we go in this direction or that direction? And God's got good news in both directions. But God's probably hoping. And so God's guiding. And what if you have been brought here for this purpose? What if there's something that actually matters and it's here? I don't know if it's here like this hour. That's a little presumptuous on my part. But maybe it's this week. And maybe it's this month. And maybe it's this year. Because maybe you've been waiting 24 years for something to happen. Maybe something is happening happening. Our two steps are knowledge and recognition. Knowledge, can we see another culture? Can we see another religion? Can we see another ethnicity? Can we see another theological point? Can we see another uh, political point? Can we see someone who's different from us? And can we immerse ourselves in who they are? And can we work with them to the point that we suddenly say that they're not them and they are us? Recognition. There's no us and them. There's only us. Children of the promise. There is only us. We are them. They are us. And we are all God's heirs of this promise. It makes us laugh sometimes that God guided us here, doesn't it? God lays out a promise, a vision, and we laugh. We can't actually be here for a purpose. There can't actually be an important. And so we laugh. Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And this prophet, this person, this angel, this God himself says, oh yes, you did laugh. And what is impossible for you, what is impossible in life, is easy for God. This one I've got to see. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you? O most loving God, when the gap between the peaceable kingdom and the violent empire is too wide to bridge, we pray for your love to flood our hearts and drown out our fears and wash away our anger. May your love flow into the feet of the refugees fleeing their countries. 
May it flow into the hands of those gutting out water-damaged houses in Louisiana and into the arms of those tightly holding onto the earthquake survivors in Italy. May your love flow into the fingers that may be planning to pull the trigger to destroy more blue and black and innocent lives. May we never be satisfied with how the world is today, but always seek for ways to make it into how it ought to be when it is completely immersed in your transformative love. Indeed, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. O most compassionate God, awaken your bride, challenge your church. As you dwell in the margins with those who are weak, lost, hungry, and cold, may we also be in that place where your light can shine the warmest and brightest. Use us as your instruments of peace, hope, love, and justice as we embrace those who are strangers to us and love others as you have loved us. May your compassion transform this world through our witness. O God who sees us, we pray for healing. May your hand of comfort and understanding rest upon grieving hearts this morning, grieving for the loss of their physical well-being, loss of their loved ones, loss of hope for the future, loss of intimacy and trust in long-term relationships. May your spirit of healing rest upon this place as we call upon you now, reminded of this promise, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So at this time, we name our fears and counter them with your promises. We counter our fear of living a meaningless life with your promise of new and vibrant life in Christ. We counter our fear of being unworthy of love with your promise that we are loved regardless of what we do because we are your children of promise and we belong to you. We counter our fear of stepping out in faith with your promise that our lives are held in your hands and that you will never let us go. And now, we hold on to this promise. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and I will come and pray and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Set us free by your truth. Strengthen us with your promises and standing on the promises of God that empowers us and equips us. We pray in one voice the prayer Jesus has taught us to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, 
visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.